I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Are You Having a Draft? My name is Bradley James and I'm joined by myself, Marcus Ellard. Hello, Bradley. Hello, myself, Marcus Ellard. How are you, sir? All right, thank you. This is the first podcast back after the restart. How are you feeling? I've really enjoyed the festival of football that has been taking place. It's more or less destroyed my evenings and my social life, but let's pretend like I had one before everyone <laughs> destroyed it. I can't remember what my social life was pre-lockdown. So I've been very happy that I've had some football to keep me company in these summer evenings. We all have, and it's all getting a bit tasty, isn't it, in the draft as well. You're not just waiting a week until the next game week. We're waiting literally a matter of days. Um, so it's like the boulder has got to the top of the mountain and we are, are we running with it? Are we rolling with it? Or are we Indiana Jonesing away from it? I don't know, but we're on I'm board. I'm rolling with this reference wherever you're taking it. I'll go we're with on it. Board. We're on board. We're steam training down the hill towards the end of the season. We are indeed. We've got some important news for you regarding next season. We've also going to take a look at what has become a very tight battle at both ends of the table. And we have a very special guest coming on to try and curry favour with the supporters um, for this, this last week of action. How exciting. Brilliant. So with that in mind, Bradley, you having a draft? Sure are, mate! How about some emails, Marcus? Here we go with the emails. We've got a couple today. One is an email from Brazil. So we'll go to Brazil first. Ooh. Um, this is from Enrique. So I think it's Enrique. Um, so apologize if it's Enrique, I'm sorry. Um, but if it's Enrique, then I'm very pleased to have got it right. He is a listener from Brazil and the manager of Ituana FC in the Ahad Listener League. And he has said he decided to um, learn English and that the podcast has helped him a lot. In addition to studying grammar in books, solving questions, he started listening to some podcasts and listening to Are You Having a Draft has actually been the most useful podcast for him in teaching him English. So um, he wanted to sort of reach out and say thanks for that. 
also the most impressive thing about this email, which I'm going to go down here, and he has recently completed the first half of his medical course and not long ago did his first appendectomy. And he just wanted to reach out and say thank you for helping him with learning English. If we can help you perform surgery, Enrique, we will keep doing this. I think that's what we set the podcast up for, wasn't it? To help people perform surgery. We should probably apologise on behalf of everyone who he speaks to in English for all the bad habits he's picked up from listening to us butcher the language. He's the only surgeon asking everyone why haven't they got enough nouse for that operation. (laughs) But another one of the things that he mentions, actually, because it's quite a lengthy email, he's now getting to the stage where he realises we all speak very differently. We have different accents and ways of phrasing things. But he can go about his daily life and he's picking it up now so he doesn't have to sort of sit there and concentrate as much. So he's even getting the idiosyncrasies in his everyday life. So thanks, lads. Woo! Go us. Hey, Pete. Thanks for joining. Hey, yeah. You all right? <laughs> nice, thanks, mate. Your barnet looks better. You had it cut this weekend. Yeah, and even without any gel in it, looks much better. Thank you. So that was our first email, guys. And other emails. We've got quite a few, actually, from people that are taking part in the listener league. Things are getting quite competitive in the inbox. Everyone's really into it. I don't think I'm doing too well at the moment. But yes, so Matthew, have you got an update on the Lister League? Well, yeah, actually, yeah. It's um, it's gone really well. It's been nice to see so many um, names we recognise and some new names getting involved and taking us on in the running. Marcus, I, I have to say, even without the Greenwood rule, you are languishing down in 22nd place at the moment, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I was just going to say... I am not exactly lighting up the board. I'm sitting firmly mid-table in 12th. But up the top is fan favourite, LN, with Corsica Fantasy FC. What I must say, though, is they can't have been paying too much attention to the rules of the draft, because I've noticed a couple of bench boosts, a couple of triple captains going on. LN, in fact, uh, she has quite wisely been captaining Fernandez and has Martial and Greenwood. Oh, that's a tasty team. That's the kind of team I'd uh, quite like to be supporting right now. Wow. She's doing okay. Oh, and Jamie Vardy, just in case, you know. If he fancies a party, more points. So... There's a lot of people doing uh, doing really well, and I must quick shout out for my favourite name, Kellogg's Busty Nuts. Saw them up the top for uh, for one of the weeks. I wish we'd thought of it. This is the thing with the Listener League, isn't it? I mean, like you say, Matthew, your team's obviously doing quite well in it, but my team is, is basically in relegation zone, and that is purely because I've got my draft team in and everyone else can just whoever they want, surely. That's exactly what it is. This is a little taste test to see if there's an appetite for people getting involved for next season. Obviously, next season they will actually have to abide by the, the rules. And we'll maybe throw in a collective Ahad team. Hey, keep flying the flag, boys. This is a great warm-up season for everybody. Next year, as you say, in the draft format, then everybody, LN included, will have their skills put to the test. Very good. And that's everything for the emails and also the Listener League. Whoop, whoop. Hi, mate. Hello, how are you doing? All right, are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Mate, good Ladies to see you. and gentlemen, the voice you are hearing is that of Mr. Daniel Mutlow. Very keen-eared and eyed fans of Ahad will be aware of Daniel Mutlow's presence in season two of the draft. His presence lasted for all of about two months before the pressure got to him and uh, he had to resign from his post as manager. However, 
He's been keeping an eye on things and he joins us today very much as a fan of Are You Having a Draft? And I believe certainly this season, as a fan of someone in particular. Daniel, who's caught your eye this year? Well, Bradley, thanks for having me on. I'm here actually on behalf of the All Aboard campaign, uh, hashtag Lift the Anchor. And this is all about (laughs) the man from Whitby. It's about the white rose of the seas. It's about the pirate of the Prem. It's about the Saint Nick of the North. By the way, he is actually taking bookings for uh, early November, just FYI. Um, <laughs> hashtag there's only three Aaron Ramsey's hashtag pray for Trippier <laughs> this is about the man from Whitby and it's actually appropriate that Whitby is most famous for being associated with Bram Stoker's thrilling book Dracula because you know previous seasons for Melaloo have read like a horror story <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's uh He's actually spent so much time in the catering zone. He's got a credit for dinner ladies on IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) Sue Perkins will be on the phone soon to sort of co-host the quirky cooking show with him, Melalulu and Sue. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is about this man, which you've got to realise, he's a real pirate. So actually, ironically, out of all the drafters, he's the only person where a wooden oar is actually genuinely quite useful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know things got really bad if Lidl dropped you from their sponsorship. (laughs) Six seasons, his highest finish was six. And look, we all know on a serious note, 2020 has been a pretty bad year. It's been about as low as we could get, not quite as low as minus two points, which is Melu's record for the lowest points uh, ever. <laughs> if he'd carried on like that, to be quite honest, I could have seen him just leaving the draft altogether and starting up a rival true crime podcast investigating the mysterious disappearance of Premier League footballer <laughs> Kieran Trippier. <laughs> <laughs> He's still looking for him. He hasn't seen him. But listen, look, I'm I, as I said, I'm I'm from campaign all aboard, hashtag lift the anchor, hashtag set sail, hashtag pirate of the prem. Melalulu's is everyone's second team. And like a bouncy castle at a school fate, everyone's jumping on it, okay? <laughs> look, let's forget build back better, bounce back stronger. Let's make this the year where we get Melalulu's to the top of the league and win that league. From rock bottom to top of the league, it will be the story of the decade we've got three game weeks to go and the gap is only six points let me tell you in Whitby Bay which is where Matt Melaloo's from there's a big statue of Captain Cook outside the Royal Hotel <laughs> that has got to be pulled down and in replacement for a big statue of Melaloo once he's won this league this is really close now this is about fine margins and we need everyone to be the 12th man. He needs an Anfield. They need their yellow wall. They need a bunch of Russian football hooligans to the batter the shit out of Dale Winton and <laughs> supermarkets. Forget scrapping for the NHS. We need everyone every game week to stand outside their houses and have a minutes of applause. Clap for Mel. Clap for Mel this game week. In all seriousness, look, no one is more deserving than this man. What he has given. To the draft is beyond comparison from panini stickers to jingles to wall charts to digital art hours and hours and hours and hours of his time dedicated to the craft 
of the draft. It will mean the absolute world to him and all of us here at the headquarters of Campaign all aboard hashtag lift the anchor so my final plea to you now is to make some noise let's jump on board and like mo farah in the final bend of his olympic final mel can ride on this wave of emotion and sail off into the sunset cradling the abdo and we can all sleep well knowing we did our bit to get 2020 back on track <laughs> That's... Oh, mate. Um, I mean, I'm convinced <laughs> oh. there is a great fear amongst drafters that if it doesn't happen this season it will never happen this is the year to get behind Matthew Mellu Nicholas Morgan he is a fine drafter I have a feeling we'll be seeing him near the top of the table for many years to come Matthew Mellu I'm not so sure about <laughs> largely due to the fact that when Mutlow mentioned the yellow wall. Melaloo's face looked as nonplussed as a wall because I'm pretty sure... Melaloo, do you, can you tell us what the yellow wall is? Or is, is that that long one in China? They're very good. Okay, so proof... I genuinely don't know. <laughs> I had a friend in high school called Sam Bonham. He was one of those people who liked to pretend he was in the know about football and be part of the gang or whatnot and I remember he was famous for five years throughout his whole high school career because in the first week or something he was he was talking about Man United and he said Brian Giggs (laughs) (laughs) well I'll let you in on a little secret Mutlow, you've actually got two friends like that because you had a friend in drama school who basically pretended to like football for three years. His name is Matthew Melaloo. However, (laughs) he's managed to convert that faux interest suddenly into a title push in the draft, however many years later. So I imagine that Sam Bonham is maybe achieving something of the same nature in his own respected well this is look this this is for all the Sam Bonhams out there. There's one in every school, there's one in every town. This victory will be for all those people that have just wanted to be part of something desperately and just through a slight gap in knowledge, not quite been able to bridge that gap into the group that they wanted to. So this is for all of those people. You heard it here. Hashtag lift the anchor. Hashtag Melody the Pirate. <laughs> all the other wonderful hashtags. Hashtag Pirate of the Prem. Look, campaign all aboard. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe, like, share, get on. Hashtag Brian Giggs. (laughs) (laughs) Get behind your man, Matthew (laughs) Melaliv. Well, Marcus, I feel we on this podcast are nothing if not fair. And having just represented Matthew Melaloo with such a shining light, I feel it's only fair that we match that representation for the other man contesting this title. What do you think? It's sort of like the old stalwart against the the new rookie. I want to feel the build-up. <laughs> well, a friend of ours is going to help introduce a man who we brought in for just this job. Nick has himself a hype man. Neil Dutton, I believe you know his hype man very well. Can you give us a little introduction to him? Yeah, I do indeed know him. He's a mutual friend, avid draft listener, watcher on social media. He's got an interest in the draft from an outside point of view. And he's got an insight onto Nick, having known him for a fair few years now. 
I think we know him through university, I believe, but we've known him a long time. He's got a few things to say about Nick. An uber fan, you might say, Dutz. He is, yeah. <laughs> Upon asking him if uh, he has listened to the podcast, he said, I've listened to every single minute of it. An uber fan would be a good description. I've not even heard what he's had to say yet, but I can tell you already he can come again. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... We introduce Chris Parsons. How are you, sir? Hello, boys. I'm good, thank you. Just do us a little favour. Dutz kind of put a question mark after we knew each other from university. Can you confirm that? Is that how you met Nicholas Morgan? Yeah, yeah, it's through uni. So I've known Nick for, and, and Neil as well for probably 15 years, getting on, something like that. So yeah, a long, long time. Okay. Um, yeah, all through uni and um, various adventures since. You must be aware of Vice President Peter Everill as well. I am indeed, yeah. So I know Pete through the, the same network. There we go. So I believe you've got a few words to say about your good friend, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. It's close, isn't it? It's it like, is. And I think, uh, yeah, I don't think, I think any... my listeners at home just need that little bit of inspiration. They've heard about why they should maybe support Matthew Melu. There's another man in this race. It's your good friend, Nicholas Morgan. Let's hear why the people at home should be following him. So I guess I'll start by saying, I think you guys have got a brilliant story, whoever ends up succeeding. And it's always good to have another first time winner, because I think it just shows how difficult it is to get the star against your name. But yeah, so I think I kind of followed the draft for a few years from when Neil started getting involved. We all do fantasy football, we all do the Premier League and, and pick our own teams. And, and I definitely remember slating Neil for his what seemed to be terrible team at the outset. <laughs> only for him to go on and win it and I think we probably did exactly the same with Nick and it probably just makes you realise as someone who's not in the inner circle if you like how hard it is to draft a good team and then you know to manage that team through to doing anything with it so uh, yeah I think uh, Nick had a decent team I think he went big didn't he early on on Sterling as his main man which probably limited some of his other options after that but I think clearly did a really good job of, of getting that right blend between the superstars and, and picking some of the guys that um, probably did sort of unexpectedly well especially Puki. I think obviously you guys have, have referred back to Puki throughout the, the podcast um, just a little bit admittedly at the beginning begrudgingly I would say but then using that as the rookie stick to beat Nick with that he probably should have traded in early doors and used that currency to strengthen his team elsewhere so I can't help but think given Norwich's fortunes and how close it is what a story it would be if Puki who's not even been starting recently I think kind of Norwich are 5-0 down to Man City like completely out of it Puki comes on in the last five minutes nabs a goal that wins it for Nick I think that would be quite an outcome to the season overall so I think that would be quite a romantic end yeah if he starts of course but I think Nick's gone so far with Puki I don't think he can uh, he can ditch him at the final hurdle that would be a nice end and, and I kind of hope you guys are maybe thinking of doing the, the classic match of the day coverage where you sort of follow the fortunes of the two teams that are battling for the title and you watch the ebb and flow, you know, someone scores some points here and Nick goes into the lead and, you know, Salah or whoever bags a couple and, and it swings the other way. I think that would be quite a good way to cover the final game week. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, Bradley, I don't think anyone's won it on their first appearance since you won the first one. That is correct. You is had right? to get that in there, couldn't you, Chris? 
They had to get Bradley's win in. <laughs> like I said, come again. <laughs> so, you know, I think um, that's a pretty epic story. And, and it does put a bit of a smackdown to all of the guys going, no, you need to know what you're doing in the job. Can't just walk in here and smash it from day one. You've got to do your apprenticeship and learn the ropes and everything else. So uh, I think that would be a nice story, a nice bit of kudos for Nick to take the title in his first year. That'd be quite a special way to win it. In your experience, Chris, has Nick ever won anything? Have you ever seen a reaction from him when he has come away victorious in a scenario like that? No, but the, the, one of the other things I was going to say, and, and sort of before when I knew Nick, that, that Neil and some of his friends from school have, have told this story many, many times, it's actually quite the opposite. It's of falling at the final hurdle or being pipped on the line, as it were. There's a famous story about Nick, I think, in sort of secondary school or something similar, in a 60-meter race with his rival at the time. And the classic story is he was picked on the post. But since that point, there's been repeated versions of what happened that day in terms of the, the timing wasn't right or the teacher was biased and, and this sort of stuff. So I know <laughs> he didn't take to losing particularly well. So rather than perhaps being mad down on the sort or the opposite in victory, I'm slightly worried for Nick's well-being if he doesn't manage to get <laughs> over the line. He gets taken out with the dip finish yet again. That'll be quite interesting to see how so- that one plays out. Chris, with being A, a draft Uber fan and also B, a long-standing friend of Nick, would you like to see him finally get his neck over the post first or would you like this pattern to keep repeating? What Honestly, what would we like here? No, it's not an anti-hype. I'm not an anti-hype man. Obviously, I, I want Nick to get over the line. I think just coming in there fresh. and with, with I think he was bigged up as well at the beginning, hence his, uh, his shirt sponsorship deal and everything else. So I think for him to deliver on that potential is, uh, you know, it's a pretty big deal not so much the, the various rewards that come with winning it but more just the kudos of walking in there and upsetting the apple cart with you guys and, and walking away as champion with the trophy and, and everything else well uh, i think uh yeah he's it, it, deserved it he went out there early doors led the table for such a long time then had to sort of perhaps deal with the the choker accusations or whatever as he as his lead got cut away week by week and, and said he was quite a few points down and I think he's, as Melanie mentioned earlier, I think he sort of responded to that and, and found a way of crawling back that gap so that it's now neck and neck and he can do the business in the last two weeks. There we have it, folks. We have ourselves the rookie on the verge of something potentially very special. He's overcome adversity as the season's gone on. He's been described as a perennial loser. Well, in fact, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they were the quite what the words. To make this man get over the line for what is the draft version of a 60 meter dash, I don't know what will. Nicholas, what do you have to say to those lovely words said about you? Do you feel hyped? I'm all right. Very kind words, Chris. I appreciate that. That's given me the final kick to probably Captain Pookie for the last game of the season. Because, because <laughs> he's going for the fairy tale. I don't know what's in this, I don't know what's in this beer. No, um, no all, all jokes aside, it's nerve-wracking. So close. I genuinely thought Melu had it before lockdown, before coronavirus hit. I think he had a, something stupid like a 90-point lead. I think I had a 90-point lead at one point in the season. You just don't know. There's lots of ups and downs. I've called myself back. I've made some tough decisions. I've made some terrible decisions along the way. I've made some good decisions. So it really is sometimes riding your luck and sometimes putting the hard work in the research. I'm pissed off because... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I bought him Bednarak and he didn't even play. He picked up an injury. I spent 40 minutes researching for a defender and 
who comes in. <laughs> Buddy Melu with a great pick. I think he put in Bardsley for, for Burnley and got a cheeky eight points from it. So it's these little decisions that make up the final win. And I really hope I'm not going to be that guy again, that 10-year-old winning the race and then realising it's being taken away from me because um, my mate's yeah. teacher actually was on, on the end of the line. So... Um, uh, I don't think go. there's any dodgy tactics this time, thankfully. So, no, it's all, all legitimate and best person will win and be rightly crowned. Seventh time of the draft. It's all, all to play for. It's very, very scary, but exciting at the same time. <laughs> Noble and honourable words there. <clears throat> Potential rookie champion, Nicholas Morgan. When Chris started... Marcus, I was a little bit worried that we we called up Daniel Mantle because it, it, it sounded a lot like those first few beats. Yeah, the fence was bowing with the pressure from him, Mantle, and Pete. I think Pete's been on the fence a bit recently as well. They're all sitting on that fence. But what Chris has actually done is set up, as Dutz rightly puts, a fairy tale finish. We look to the man, Timu Puki. The story has been written for him. The, the stage has been set. He has supposedly been a disappointment for Nicholas, but the chance is there. Will he be brave enough to move the armband over to Pukki? Sterling's got Champions League football to worry about. Will he start? Who knows? The balancing act. Will Pukki come in last day of the season and save the day? Also an excellent idea put forward that we are trying to plan getting as many of us together for the final mm. day of the season. Then we can monitor everybody's reactions, how much everyone's bricking it going yeah. into the final we moments. Can- and we'll be able to record reactions as and when they happen. I'll make sure that I've got my battery fully charged and I'll be, be making some questions and stuff on the day, particularly yeah. between those two matches, all the four matches that will be so important for Nick and Melody. I like also how Chris managed to find the other meaning for Nick's sponsor. If only he knew, if only our audience knew, if only Nicholas knew. I just haven't mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Very exactly good. from day one. Very I good. know what you guys are up to. <laughs> well, we'll save you telling that story for when you do the meet and greets at the AHAD conventions. <laughs> Christopher Parsons, thank you so much, sir. You've been an excellent hype man there. We're very grateful to have you on. Thanks for uh, taking the time to put some effort into your thoughts as to why you've got appreciation for Nick, certainly when it comes to drafting, at least. Yeah, cheers, Chris. Thanks, mate. No worries. Nick, Pleasure, boys. Nick, our fingers are... Crossed. I suppose, Marcus, we should say our fingers are crossed for the best man to win. It just so happens that we have two great men at the top of the table. So Absolutely. And I think what's, what's interesting as well is that they both kind of, without knowing it, they've both echoed what each of us said is, is that although they're looking forward to it, they're both really, really nervous and terrified. And I could just, because Neil's here, for example, I know that last year on the last game of the season, Neil and Bradley and Pete came round to mine. And Neil, you were feeling exactly the same, weren't you, on the last day of the season? Yeah, I didn't enjoy one second of it. <laughs> I, I think you were all sat relaxing, watching the goals go in with a couple of cans, whilst I sat nervously biting my fingernails, basically. <laughs> with, uh, Like I said to Bradley, I had um, all kind of permutations going through my head of what goals were going in, what scores, what was happening with Dan's team at the same time. I think it's yourself, Marcus, that actually delivered the news I think you'd calculated it and you were on your balcony I think if I remember rightly saying yeah. I think you've done it I think you've actually, and I was, I was going I don't know I don't want to look it's very exciting as Nick said very nerve-wracking did they do it once in a premiership they had heart rate monitors on the managers I think we should do something like that on the last day of the season <laughs> see how that goes it'll be a day to look forward to definitely I remember being really casual on your behalf I was like you've got this yeah. <laughs> 
and then the end score was like it was an eight point difference yeah it was ridiculous yeah yeah which is you know one one wrong captain choice or you know signing mariapa or anything along those lines can uh Adrian, can scupper he done it for me. Mariapa, Mariapa. Here's what we can say, Marcus. Our first broadcast season has come down to the wire. We couldn't have asked for anything better, could we? No, it's been the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the controversies, the the trading, the on-air trading that we had, the live <laughs> trading. It's been a really, really good season. And I feel that even though this is the last broadcast before the end of the season, I still feel like there, there may be one or two more dramas to unfold. This has hyped me up. <laughs> I'm really hyped up now. I literally like get me on the train, get me to the pub already for Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an announcement to make. Ever since we received an email from longtime listener Jenny Williams. She has proposed an idea to us, which got us all very excited. But there was some engineering that needed to take place to create a system that would execute this idea. That engineering has taken place and it has been explained to the drafters. And so next season, we will be transforming Are You Having a Draft into a Legacy League. I'm excited about this. Daniel, do you know much about the Legacy League chat? Well, I haven't been party to the three 15-minute tutorial videos. I'm saving those for a rainy day. <laughs> I uh, I have heard all about it because I, I was with Bradley the other day and he explained it all. So it is very exciting. Sounds great. And it, uh, what I like about it is it encourages people to think for the long term, you know, really invest in the draft. So, yeah. Daniel, given the excellent campaign you just provided for us, which mm. we and especially Melody will be appreciative of, with accordance to one or two stipulations and one or two, shall we say, redemptive-like tasks that will be required of you. This is your formal invite to join us in season eight of the draft. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brap, 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 brap. As my students say. <laughs> it's going to be a squeeze, but I feel just for that effort alone, we can only welcome you back into our loving embrace. I should warn you, however, that there will be one or two tasks for you to undertake to redeem yourself from having and, left us once before. And that's in Look. addition to wearing your own kit. The kit is what he's most excited about. Yeah, yeah. The first thing, first thing he said to me when he, when he wanted to get back in was that was like, mate, mate, you got to make me a kit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, your sponsor is very fitting. It has various angles of which it reaches a personal note with you. Certainly, you and I have a history with regards to this sponsor. So I'm looking forward to you being presented with it. But as I say, we're pleased to have you on board, provided you are successful in your redemptive journey. I'm on it. I'm very excited. This is going to be great. This is going to be like the second coming, guys. I'm on it. Great. So the first thing I thought about the, the Legacy League, obviously, like Daniel mentioned earlier, Bradley and Pete sent around a bunch of videos about explaining how it worked. 
I was kind of hoping that we'd be able to carry over players from this year yeah. the next years. It's not gone unnoticed. Mason Greenwood, as I knew he would, has finally kicked into gear. Not why you cheated to get him. <laughs> <laughs> but for the listeners, we've been on this call for nearly 50 minutes. That's the first thing Pete said, the nasty piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> and I think also Harvey Barnes is somebody that I would be looking at keeping. But fact of the matter is, I'm already starting to think about the long run players. What's interesting for me is, are the players that people are bringing in for their legacy going to go for more than your big dollar Salas, Canes, etc.? Like, where is that balance going to be? That's my question. That's- it's a great question because what it opens up is the fact that none of us know, having had no previous experience, what tactics everybody's going to take up. There'll be some people who almost ignore the legacy element to it and just go for it this season. There'll be others who plan for the future. And yeah. inevitably, those people may have success in the short term and then the people who plan for the future suddenly find themselves in a position two, three seasons down the line. Who knows how this is going to turn out? The possibilities at this point are endless because we have had none of those possibilities presented to us in the form of results yet. So Mm. the ideas that are stirring amongst drafters as to how they're going to approach this, they're plentiful. One of the massive factors of this is that we will be having a draw to decide what position everybody finds themselves in within the snake draft format in regards to picking their players. The way the snake works is if there are 10 teams in the league and you are number one, it means you get number one pick in the first round, but you get what is effectively pick number 20 and pick number 10 in the second round. And it goes back and forth. So it kind of evens itself up over the course of the draft, but it means you've possibly got to have different tactics if you are, say, the first pick as opposed to if you are the last pick. And that could determine a lot of things about people's drafts. And how is the snake draft going to be organised? How do we know who's going to be first and who's going to be last? So we will be having a podcast very soon where we will be recording the live draw. We'll get everybody on Zoom. There will be a randomised selection of balls and also Kinder Egg tubs. What do you call those things? Kinder Egg surprise holders. The, the sort of capsules. <laughs> that they, the surprise capsule. holders. A capsule. I think I prefer surprise holders. But, Let's uh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we, we end up sticking with. Between a mixture of Kinder Egg surprise holders and ping pong balls, they will be randomly drawn and determining our positions for the snake draft. It's very exciting, Marcus. Do you have any idea which position you'd want to have? There's something quite attractive with first, obviously, but also with the first one that gets the second pick, whether it's player 15 or 16. I don't know whether I would be happy with that because obviously you've got 15 people that have gone before you, but you do get two picks on the bounce. So in theory, you could pick like a big money player and you could pick a legacy as your first pick. That would be quite tempting for me. How about you, Pete? I'd like to be number one or two. I want first. Really? Yeah, first up there and get a captain in. Because if we're looking at, there's going to be, what, 14 or 15 players in the league this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some watered down teams in terms of quality. So I think a good captain will be a, an even bigger differential than it has in previous seasons. Interesting. It's a very good point you make there, Pete. Just going back on that, what I forgot when I was answering my question was, I'm right in saying you don't have to auction this time, do you? So, for example, if you're no. first... 
if you have first pick, then it's literally carte blanche. You can literally just go, I'm having this player and no one can say anything. That is correct. You also have the ability to trade, to trade for more picks, to trade for future picks. There is all sorts of possibilities with trading. Be interesting to see how they unfold. It might be a little bit conservative at first because people try and get used to the idea. But once we get into the flow of it and people start engineering trades a certain way, that's where the real talking points will suddenly lie. So, and I know one person who should be taking full advantage of that, and that's our resident trade expert, Marcus Ellard. What a segue! <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm well up for this. What have you found out then, Pete? So, part one of the deep dive into Marcus Ellard's trading form for this season. The much maligned Marcus Ellard. He has been the recipient of quite some stick for his trading exploits. Yet, Pete, you've got another point of view on them. Uh, the first trade we're going to do is the first trade he did in the season. He did it on the 29th of September. So, very early doors, out of the box with his trades. And the trade was between Marcus and Bradley. Marcus offered Robertson, which Bradley took. And in return, Marcus got Tarkovsky and Rashford. I'm doing a dance. Good combo. Marcus is expressing himself through contemporary dance right now. Tarkovsky came as a bit of a default pick because I needed to drop a yeah. defender. And unfortunately, I decided to drop a very good defender for some reason. Who knows why? Maybe you can throw some insight into that, Pete. Well, I will do, actually, Bradley, because I've got some stats on how the players have performed this season. We're going to have a little quiz on how well you guys think that they've performed. So... I'm going to give you some stats like appearances, goals, assists. We're going to talk through which player has done best on each stat. So, Marcus, question for you. On appearances, who do you think has done best, Tarkovsky or Robertson? The most appearances. I'm going to say Tarkovsky. And you know your player well, Marcus. That's one point. (laughs) Over to Bradley now. How well do you know your player? Well, I know Tarkovsky well enough to know that I think he's appeared in every game in the last two seasons for Burnley. 
unfortunately, he's no longer my player. So fire away, Pete. What's your question? <laughs> so your question's about your player, which is Andy Robertson. Oh, okay. So between Tarkovsky and Robertson, who has got the most goals? That's got to be Tarkovsky. Andy Robertson's only got two, I think. Incorrect. It's a dead heat. They've both got two. So good knowledge, oh, okay. not the right answer. So you basically gave me a trick question. That was yeah. a trick question. It was a fucking quiz. <laughs> Back over to Marcus. Oh, who is most assists? Robertson. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a gimme, right? So, Tarkovsky with two, Robertson with nine. Bradley, back over to you. Mm. Those two players, who has got the most clean sheets? Well, I know that Nick Pope, the goalkeeper for Burnley, has the most clean sheets out of the goalkeepers. So, I'm going to say, since he's played all those games, it's going to have to be Tarkovsky. By the power of deduction, you are right. 14 clean sheets, Tarkovsky to uh, Andy Robertson, a very respectable nine. Marcus, who's got most jelly cards, Tarkovsky or Robertson? I think Robertson's got more points. And bearing in mind that we just said the clean sheets thing then, I'm going to go with Tarkovsky's got more yellows. Yeah. 10 yellow cards to Robertson's too. He's a yellow card machine, is Tarkovsky. He is. Now we come to the important numbers. Tarkovsky has got 134 points so far this season. Oh. Andy Robertson has got 165, which means on just those two players, Bradley's done a good trade and, and is up 31 points. And also the people back what Bradley's done in terms of Robertson is picked by 17% of the population, Tarkovsky only 5% of the population. But we've got to throw Rashford into the mix, haven't we? So Bradley's currently 31 points ahead. Marcus Rashford has got, so far, 162 points for the season. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> players for Tarkovsky and Rashford have combined score of 296. The difference between those two players and Robertson is 131. Yeah, solid trade that, mate. Very good trade by Marcus. And also, I've been watching, obviously, because there's been loads of football on at the minute, I've been watching Manchester United a little bit, and Rashford's frustrating, isn't he? Because he should be getting a goal again, at least. For some reason, he's just not finishing off every opportunity. I think he's still got a bit of maturing to do. You use the right word there, because when you say finishing, there's actually someone in the team who's showing him how it's done, and it's your other player, Mason <laughs> Greenwood. Because that kid... Banging in left, finish. right and centre. Yeah. Yeah. He is a finisher. And Rashford doesn't have the same instinct that Greenwood has, but he obviously has a lot of other attributes which make him a pretty fantastic player. And also Rashford is basically like a, an actual hero now as well because of all those millions of free school lunches that he sorted out. So, you know. And he did it in such a way that there was very little mudslinging. He did it in such a dignified way. I don't think that can be praised enough. There's, and rightfully, a lot of praise for his actions, but the dignity with which he held himself, even when politicians were disrespectfully getting his yeah. name wrong, his reaction wasn't that of petulance. It was one of great dignity. And I think, mm. what a great example. What a great player to have in your team i'm so disappointed to have traded him away if i'd have known he was going to go on to do that i would have never let him go even if he was yeah. injured and not playing the lads have given quite a lot more respect in the dressing room since that actually when he you mean the, the other wedding crashes have also the uh, wedding crashes yeah the, the lads in the changing good, room the wedding crash what? changing room of all good morale in there at the minute so what i wanted to say because this is your moment mark this is your career defining moment to date in fantasy football so let's embrace this I've done some more digging because obviously we've seen that Bradley's made a bit faux pas, if you will, in doing that trade. But 
Bradley wasn't alone in thinking that, that trade. And, and if we compare Pete's predictions, Pete's algorithmic predictions, and how we thought this would go, actually, Marcus has also beat Pete's algorithm on this. Wow. So, so super confusing, Marcus. This is something that I struggle to admit, but I will be the best man and admit it. So, in Pete's predictions of defenders Tarkovsky and Robertson, I predicted that Robertson would be the second highest scoring defender on the game behind Trent Alexander-Arnold, and that's why yeah. I went for him. And Tarkovsky would be a lowly 47th best defender in the league. And the points total at the end of the season for the players would be Robertson would get 169, which he's there and thereabouts. He's probably going to beat that. So that's a good prediction. However, it's Tarkovsky's performance this season so the prediction machine had a total of 94 points for Tarkovsky he's already got 134 Burnley's form his clean sheets show he's outperformed what people thought was going to happen this season I'm very pleased with that Bradley looks a bit distressed by that I tell you why because at the time it was either him or Kurt Zuma and Kurt Zuma is a defender for Chelsea I don't think Chelsea have played a defense for most of the year and to think that I could have chosen between the two and let Tarkovsky go is, oh, very poor drafting. But lesson learned. <laughs> I would like to celebrate that one. But obviously that came as a bit of a gimme anyway, didn't it? If you got rid of Zuma, I'd have had to pick up Zuma. So I kind of, you know. Hey, I'm... you've got to be in it to win it. And that's exactly what you did. You went for the trade and it came with a little Brucey bonus on the side. Good, good. What's the next one, Pete? Well, the next one is Jesus and Asquith. Do we have to do this one? <laughs> What we traded the one name I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dave, Jesus and Dave for Aguero. Oh. Look, my main thing is right. This happened at Christmas time, and Andy and I have been chatting for a while about Jesus and about Aguero. This, that, and the other, and it came down to the point where I had, to, I couldn't just have one or the other. But anyway, so I got. Aspilicueta and Jesus for Aguero. Now, I got the most amount of stick for this. And I'm really, 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 really happy with the trade. I was happy at the time. I think he got a couple of goals on Boxing Day, which should really have silenced the critics. But they kept going on and on and on and on. Now, who is having the last laugh? Marcus. Well, Matt Brummett, funny enough, who I'm battling with down in there, has actually put on the WhatsApp group the other day that he thinks I will get out of there. And I'll take that. And I don't think that was just sportsmanship behaviour. I think that there was something in that. And I'm hoping that these last three games help me to to climb out the bottom, as it were. There's only 10 points in it right now. There is indeed. Also, in his prediction, he's put me in that catering zone. I got news for you, Matthew Brummett. Your prediction's wrong. (laughs) that's not news that's another prediction a counter prediction (laughs) i've got got news for you matthew brummett your prediction's going down in flames (laughs) like you are actually i'm not sure you want brummett back in the catering zone but i'd rather take that over myself being in there i think everybody probably would so that's i think just going back to the old taguero thing I think there are still people out there that even when they listen to this and even when we meet them in September or whether we're allowed to and stuff, obviously, for the next draft, I still think there are people out there that are sticking by their guns, Yare, who will think that I made the wrong choice. However, I don't think I did. And I'm very pleased with it. I don't think there's any doubt about it, mate. You made the right choice. I will quite happily say that, given the points differentials, given the fact that Aguero is out for the rest of the season. 
or certainly out for the rest of the Premier League season. Yeah, you did well, my friend. Keep that trading expertise up going into the Legacy League, where it suddenly is valued so much more than it is in the format that we are currently in. So, Marcus, you're looking well-placed going into the future. I'm feeling well-placed. You can make some picks like Mason Greenwood again. I think there's going to be a fight for Mason next year. Here's a prediction for you. I think next season, Mason Greenwood will go in the first round. I think he will. Yeah, I think... In the first round, and I think whoever has him will have him for seasons to come, and it will take a fair bit of a trade to dislodge him from whoever that drafter is. Whoever does pick him up, obviously be someone planning for the future and you can't go very wrong with having a guy like Mason Greenwood in your team. Agreed. I was just going to go through some of the texts that we received on the news of Marcus's trade. A jog down memory lane. The trade was announced that Asquilaqueta and Jesus would go to Marcos and in return Andy would get Aguero. The first reaction was from Wolf and his words were shut up is that a joke (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he doesn't know what he's talking about he was rude and impulsive at the time and now it's biting him on his little bottom I then followed it up with this is fantastic news Marcus is an excellent chef (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember that one I thought if anyone was going to have my back it'd be you you're a traitor as well (laughs) do you want to talk about Yare Yare had a good old laugh about that one as well yeah, I mean, everyone had a laugh at the time, Marcus. And you Look who's laughing now. <laughs> he laughs last, laughs longest. Doing this as well, doing the podcast, and especially as talking about it all the time with everyone, I've always had an attitude of, oh, no, I'll stick with my guns. I'll see how they get on. But this season, I've actually gone for it a little bit more. Like the Aguero and Jesus thing, I don't think I'd have ever done that a season before. But actually with this, I was like, you know what? I've always liked Jesus anyway. Let's just give this a go and just hope it works. And we've got some, you know, some great comments out of it and hopefully it'll it'll pay dividends in the end. You've nailed it, mate. Well done. The new trade shark, Marcus Ellard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, game weeks have been flying in thick and fast, certainly since you last heard from us when we were eagerly awaiting the restart of the Premier League campaign. There has been some almighty developments not just in the Premier League, but in the Are You Having a Draft draft. And as we go into game week 36, with three game weeks left, just six points separates first and second. In second place, the rookie, the young gun, the hotshot, Nicholas Morgan, straight out of nowhere, up the charts and into second place. In first place, a veteran. Certainly not a veteran of the top, however, (laughs) you'll have heard the campaign for you to get behind him and support him what a rousing speech that was from our future newest drafter or newest redrafter Matthew Melu finds himself a whisker ahead at the top of the table that's not it for the drama down at the bottom Marcus Ellard despite the Greenwood rule finds himself third from bottom occupying the last catering zone spot. He's not given up. He is a mere 10 points behind his persecutor, Matthew Brummett, the snitch who dished out the intel in the first place. Let's face it, we're all pleased that he did. Snitch is an unkind term. Kept things honest. However, Marcus is hot on his heels. That catering zone fight, it doesn't involve just them. It involves probably five teams trying to avoid catering duties. September. Action at both ends of the table. Another person to mention 
it was about time that a little bit of luck went his way. Jonathan Wolf. He signed Bruno Fernandez in January, and the man has shot up the table thanks to Fernandez's efforts in the league for Manchester United. And Wolf finds himself knocking on the door for a podium finish. Melaloo, it is tense. You must be a combination of excited whilst breaking it at the same time. Mate, tense doesn't even cover it. It's a full on Cub Scout jamboree over here. When we last talked about this, I said I was the one that was worried because I had the most to lose, I do. I've got myself a front row seat for this run-in and I'm only going to need the first inch of it because I am on the edge of my seat right now. I'm going nowhere. Every single game I am watching, I've got a sweat on, I don't know what's happening. I'm, I can't watch Manchester United play because... Martial, whenever he gets the ball, I don't want him to score, but I do want him to score, but I really don't want him to score. I don't want him to assist. I, I cannot enjoy football right now, but I've never enjoyed it as much in my life. This is, <laughs> this is an absolute living nightmare. I mean, it was two points two weeks ago, then I had a new personal best for 101 points, and now we're down to just a six-point gap. Mate, I want to win this more than anything. I wish I had the nous that was required to have wrapped this up weeks ago. <laughs> oh, God, it's so tense. You yeah. made some shrewd signings in between. I think you did well to bring Foden in when you did. I feel like despite what could have been an absolute disaster, Silver had ended up stuck on your bench last game week. That's worked out. You need that little bit of luck. Yeah. In a title push. Please. And all the luck. If any, you know, you're up against a someone who has proven to be a worthy opponent. And imagine if that opponent had traded Pookie at the start of the season. Imagine. Also, isn't there something that Nick's captaining the wrong people and stuff at the minute or his captaincy record is pretty bad. What he's relying on is captaining Sterling, which works out really well when Sterling plays and the other day he had a Hat-trick, fantastic for Nick. The problem is Pep's rotation system means Sterling could come on as a yeah substitute for 10 minutes and just pick him up a point. And he's got so many players in his team that are giving him large game weeks that he's not capitalised on certain fixtures, which perhaps suggest a player was going to score big. He's not gone with them as captain. Because of it, that fear that he's taken into his team selection has led to him losing out on a lot of points. So his captaincy... If he was to improve anywhere next season, captaincy would be the big one because he's quite bad, it has to be said, in terms of comparatively with the rest of the league. He's really shown his rookie status in that area, which just tells you how good he could be, which is quite worrying for the rest of the league because if he does figure captaincy out, then what is this guy capable of? I've just gone through, actually, and using everyone's second favourite word of 2020, which is restart, the uh, favourite word is obviously unprecedented. Since the restart, if he'd have captained Willian, because Willian seems to have the resurgence, he could already be quite a few points clear. He's got players like Willian, he's got players like Ings, he's got Martial. They've all picked up points in games you would suspect they were going to pick points in, in a very tight clash. Melu's performance has managed to get into his head and fear has got the better of Nicholas Morgan when it comes to handing over that armband. So I think Matthew's experience is actually showing here then. You wouldn't have thought that Matthew had learned anything from his experiences, <laughs> but it turns out, well, you're top of the table for a reason. Melu. I am. Yeah. And that reason is Mohamed Salah. 
Nick is ruthless. Every single week, he makes a transfer that tightens up his team. So Malulus cannot rest on their laurels, and we're all hoping that King Mohammed goes on, gets a golden boot, and delivers. Can I tell you who I think your season rests on? Please do. Sadio Mane. Ooh, yeah. So the last few games I've watched, Liverpool have had a mixture of results. But interestingly, they seem to have reverted back to a degree of competition amongst the forward ranks where Mane is not looking to help out his teammate. Yeah. You've got Mo Salah, he's chasing the golden boot. And there have been quite a few opportunities where Mane could find Salah in a better position than he's in, and he's not done it. There's no doubt Mane is an amazing player. Doesn't play for Malulu's though, does he? So He doesn't. In fact, I've been quite lucky because Meds has Mane. Meds and I are quite close in the table, and Meds doesn't move his armband around. And thankfully, yeah. Mane, who, because of this rift in play, equally has not been receiving the ball in positions to score goals. It's I've been keeping an eye on it because the other game before Mane came on against Brighton, Salah scored two goals. He was working very well with, it might have been Oxlade-Chamberlain or Firmino. I can't quite remember the front three. And Mane was not on the pitch. He was nowhere to be seen. And you saw the attention of the attack funnel through Salah. And he scored two goals. Mane came on the pitch for the last 10 minutes. Salah did not see the ball apart from a cross that came over for a header he should have put away. But you could see the change immediately when Mane got on the pitch because he's not looking to set up his teammates when he gets anywhere near that box. And my hope for you, Melu, is that that is just something that I'm perhaps imagining or maybe I'm aggrandizing to a bigger level than it is. Uh, that is my hope for you. Either that or that Mane finds himself being rotated a little more. Because Salah, it's my personal opinion, that in these games for the rest of the season, not in the big games, you know, when they're in the Champions League, not when they need a player of Mane's quality, but in these games, was the end of the season, Mane is looking out for number one at the moment, as opposed to playing for the team. And he and Salah found a balance before that, that you felt like, they were looking out for each other. And when they do that, they're phenomenal. But that doesn't appear to be happening. And equally, you could say that about Salah going the other way. Salah's after that golden boot. He's not guiltless in this scenario. You could argue that one is a reaction to the other. I hope for your sake, Matthew, that that is worked out in these last three fixtures. Me too, mate. If anyone's got a a line to Manet or to Klopp, send me the number, I'll give them a ring. (laughs) Pete, <laughs> you've got uh, three games left to do something. What are you hoping to achieve? Just finish the season. You're done. You've had it. I've done. The world has gone bonkers. I mean, if you were to say to me last August, three things were going to happen. There was going to be a global pandemic. The world would shut down. Pubs would stop serving. Flights would stop going. And you'd work from home for months on end. Kanye West would run for president and probably win. <laughs> And Malulu's, a team that wanted to sign Kieran Trippier, was going to win the fantasy football draft. Of those three things least likely to happen, I'd say Malulu's team winning the draft. And here we are. Still quite unlikely, mate, so don't curse me just yet. Yeah, but I wanted you to the point that at the start of the season, when I was interviewed on draft day and I was asked, who do you want to win the draft? I said Malulu's. True. It's very true. I said, what a mockery of everyone else. I <laughs> oh, thank you, Pete, I think. There's um, a there somewhere. There's somewhere, there is. You've done well. Have I beaten Pete's prediction, by any chance? You have. 
Wow. So, yeah, I mean, so back to it. I think you've beaten it. Marcus are pretty much on point for it. Said Marcus had come in the catering zone. So there we are. Thanks, mate. That's all. Great, mate. I mean, as for myself, I'm in sixth place. I thought I was going to be comfortable staying in sixth place. I thought I was just going to peter out for the rest of the season. Sadly, it looks like I'm in a bit of trouble and under threat from Andy O'Neill. He's only a few points behind me. In fact, after this game week, he's only two, three points behind me. So, uh, yeah, I might finish six. I might finish seven. Either way, disappointing season. Back to the drawing board. You've got another man on the roll, only uh, 31 points behind you. With three game weeks. Three game weeks. 10 points a game week, roughly. Yeah, but you're not going to have another 61-point game week. Aren't I? I'm so annoyed not to be involved in this conversation because just for the, the listeners at home, it goes Pete, Andy, Marcus, Bradley. But obviously Marcus isn't included because of the Greenwood rule. It's so annoying. It is annoying when you break the rules and fight because of those actions. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, don't, I, don't I guess we could all overspend and find ourselves having broken financial fair play rules but we are not as flimsy an organization as UEFA and the court of arbitration for sport marcus yeah, we do not make find- a of ourselves when it comes to dishing out punishments that fit the crime thanks mate <laughs> <laughs> that being said you're still in with a shout of getting out of that catering zone mate that is good i'm just going through my things now to see if- positive for you because the listeners of the podcast will know that you're a really good chef so Anyone other than you wants you to be in the catering zone. Actually, that's a good point. You, Phil and Yare, I think would be a really good catering team. <laughs> I think you're probably that's right. That's my dream catering team. I would take out Yare and put in Wolf, I think. Yeah. Cordon Bleu Wolf. Whereas Brummett, after his performance last season and his handling of the meat, I'd maybe prefer to give that a miss. Listeners, we are having one of our most intense finales, one of our most intense run-ins to the culmination of season seven of the Ahad draft. I am excited. Peter's excited. Marcus is definitely excited. And one Um, man who is a combination of emotions, but also very much excited, very much in the mix to make history, is Matthew Melaloo. Such a good last day of the season, isn't it? We're all hopefully going to get together. Are you boys available for the last day of the season? Remind me of that day. Was it 26th, did you say? 26th, last day. Oh, yeah. If my freeze is cancelled, then I'm there. You fly on that Sunday? Yeah. I mean, season's finished for me, chaps. Schoolboy era. <laughs> As the old saying goes, Pete's team is already on the beach. Well, there you go. What a lot to take on board. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just trying to take it all on board. So we've talked about next season. We've got the Legacy League. We've got a brand new drafter joining us. We've got the end of the season coming really, really quickly. Melaloo's on the edge of his seat. Pete didn't do his homework. You know, it's all going towards the end of the draft. Well, when we edit it, it will redeem Pete and make it seem like he's done his homework. It'll only be this outro that reveals that he was pretty sloppy in comparison to one or two other participants this evening. However... We are very grateful to Pete for coming on and spending some time with us this evening. Thank you, Japs. Marcus, at some point we should probably catch up on some old favourites. We haven't done a Curse of Wolf for a while. It's because he's doing really well. We we have all <laughs> sorts of things to cover once the season is finished, actually. And yeah. I imagine that the next time the listeners hear us after this episode... The season may have been completed. It's all going so quickly that even though there are three games left, it's just over a week, I think. Is it 10 days away? 
like 10 days there is a chance we who knows we maybe we'll get another episode out beforehand but this may be the last time listeners hear us before that fateful day of july the 26th yeah a man heavily involved in that day no doubt biting his nails at that point will be matthew melu and we should say a big thank you to producer matthew who has done yet again more fantastic work for us on Are You Having a Draft? Thank you, Matthew. An absolute pleasure, boys. I've just got a couple of nails left to go before the season <laughs> ends. <laughs> um, cross for you, sir. As always, we'd also like to thank CJ Pandit for the music. CJ, shoulda, woulda, put a put a shoulda, coulda, put a put a shoulda, woulda, put a put a Pandit! And we should say a big thank you to Will Coburn. I think we should test the waters here and see if, I don't think he's been listening, but maybe we can get our listeners to to slide into Will's DMs on Instagram. (laughs) Just send him a little message, a little private message saying, thank you, Captain Norwood. Captain Norwood is his character name in The Liberator. Ooh. He's probably even forgotten what his character was called. It's been so long (laughs) since he worked with us. Send him a little message. Say, thank you, Captain Norwood. Pretty soon he'll figure out where it's coming from on the sly like don't be too obvious with it don't be like from are you having a draft if we can get like an influx of messages that say thank you captain norwood let's see what we get out of him and that is at will coburn that's will with one l on instagram you can also go i believe to willcobernphotography.com for all your photography needs <laughs> yeah he's a very good photographer we recommend him. so we should also say thank you to kate bellamy uh, kate.made.this for the artwork and design we include matthew Melu in that thanks for the artwork and design thank you also to our wonderful friends and hosts over at acast cheers acast thanks guys thanks for looking after us well the season is about to end marcus we're going to have our seventh ahad champion it's going to be a new name on the trophy yeah i was going to say a new name a new kit with a star still yet to have that double winner and it is going to be an exciting climax to the season one day marcus i envisage one day that being you me too yeah i I mean i feel like if melaloo can do it surely leicester city's number one fan can pull something out of the bag like his beloved foxes have before him i have everything crossed and i'm going to start doing my research tonight (laughs) (laughs) brilliant thank you for listening again ladies and gentlemen we hope you enjoyed the podcast and the probably the next time we see you like you say bradley said we will have a new champion so uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you then until next time Draft safe, baby. Woo! Who knew old boy would turn out to be a film about incest? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. 
code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.